0: It's the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire from Explore Finland. Thank you for joining us for FFS9, which is ticking off approximately 36 minutes later than advertised because, yet again, the Finnish Football Show had technical problems. I'm joined tonight, as always, by Mark from FC Me. Hi, Mark. Hello. There he is. And also with by Rich from uh, Escape to Me. Hi, Rich. Hello. We're recording this one live on, uh, on Google Hangouts. It's going out live somewhere on YouTube. Um, and what you'll see on the screen is that every time one of us speaks, then our faces will appear on the screen. And I'm looking particularly red because I'm very flustered at trying to get this technology to work. We've somehow managed to get more people in this live recording than we were expecting. Um, but we're now live. And for the podcast, this will seem almost seamless. So um, thanks for everyone that's watching us live. Um, and anyone listening on the podcast, if you can use social media to, uh, to contact us and give us your comments, um, that's at Explore Finland, at FC Saw Me, and at Escape to Saw Me. Okay. That's marvelous. Saw Me. Well, that, that voice, everyone, was out today's special guest. So <laughs> um, the, first, the first thing I'll say is the normal warning Rich, no noisy biscuits. No F-bombs, oh, we, want keep, we want to keep our child-friendly rating. Um, episode four is going to be in nine part, uh, episode nine is going to be in four parts, um, but we're not going to start with the news. We're going to start with our guest who's introduced himself, kind of, Simon Gray. Thank you, Cy, for joining us today. Hi, Mark. Now, Simon is going to be talking to us about some recent events in <laughs> which is Finland's third level of football. Um, he played in the recent 8-0 defeat uh, by his team Birkia and that got some of the listeners to the show and some of the presenters rather excited um, Rich I think was tweeting quite happily about the uh, the scandalous scores that were going on in Copenham on that day because there was also a 16 nil defeat going on up in uh, up in thatland mm-hmm. um, so I asked Simon to come on here we we wanted to talk to you about this Si um, yep. but we're not going to teach you too much but there was a there was a uh, I thought a really nice story that you kind of made your <laughs> your professional football debut a couple of weeks ago.
1: Well, yeah, I guess if that's what you want to want to class it as, yeah. <laughs> or was it not very professional? Um, well, not as professional as it can be, yeah, I guess it was. So, so tell everybody how old you <laughs> are and uh, for, to to have made
0: your your debut here in the Finnish league. Uh,
1: well, in September
0: I turned fifty.
1: So, so I was. I- uh, Oh,
0: sorry. I saw Rich's tweet and, it's, and there was this story about the defeat. And then the next day he said, and, and, a, and, a, and they only had 10 men. And I thought, well, that's Simon's team. Surely they could have enlisted him to make up the numbers. And then the next day, Rich, <laughs> a, a 50-year-old man had made his debut in this game. And I, I thought, OK, this, is, this needs some investigating. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit more about how it, how it came about. What, what's your connection to Virkia and how did you come to
1: play? Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm a coach for the under-12s. Um, and then through that, um, I kind of got an, you know, got an interest to start back playing again. So then I started playing for the, uh, the Virkia senior team. Um, and I guess anyway, I kind of go to the gym and keep myself in really good shape anyway. And, you know, as, as I was playing in the senior team, I wanted to keep myself and, and get myself fitter and fitter. And then before I knew it, I found myself in a position where I was too fit for the senior team, too fast. And there was an opportunity uh, to play for the Viragia Erastus Jogkwe, which is the, the, the Lapua first team, or one of the uh, Lapua teams, should I say. And uh, I kind of volunteered. I heard they had a, a shortage of players. So I volunteered myself to, uh, you know, if they needed players, I could come and play. So and this was, time, this was the first time. The first
0: time they had to, to take you up on the on the offer.
1: Yeah, they were desperate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was some there was some beautiful action oh. shots, and I must say that all of your your English friends that are over um <laughs> that are over here that saw it. I think we were all quite proud of you to see you. Oh, uh, thank
2: you,
0: <laughs> uh, Rich. What were you, you were you were most excited about this? I think on Twitter anyway. Um, what were your thoughts?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, basically, it's it's a strange one because Simon's essentially lived the dream and why most men of our age loiter around clubs in the hope that they're (laughs) shorter players one day. And, you know, I work at a non-league club in the UK and I just happen to keep my spare football boots in the boot just in case. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just the story. It sort of, as it emerged that Mm -hmm. FC Santa Claus had three goalkeepers playing for them at the same time uh, and still conceded 16 goals. (laughs) You had, um, obviously, Vierkia were, you know, and both teams are unfortunately not doing too well in the table, but, you know, struggling to put 11 out. And um, I mean, it was just one of those things that, you know, we always say only in Finland, but um, it does seem to happen only in Finland quite a lot.
0: Have they asked you back, Si, to, to make a second appearance?
1: Yeah, they, they were actually quite impressed with how I played. So, so yeah, they want to keep me on the roster, apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good to see you. So everyone that's out there, keep an eye on, on Gerke in the Finnish Gokkonen division. And let's let's cheer Simon on to the end of the season. Um, but I did promise you, Sai, that we weren't going to just get you on here and, and take the mickey. And, and we're not taking the mickey. I think we're yeah, gen- I know, I know. genuinely very, very impressed that you're, you're in a condition to get out there and, and do it. But I, I know that there's, that there's a nice connection between Birkia and Liverpool. You've got your Liverpool shirt on there. Yeah. Maybe you can tell everyone else what, what the connection is and, and what's been going on between the two clubs in the last few years.
1: Well, basically, we've been fortunate enough to uh, to be able to um, hold uh, or, or invite the Liverpool uh, Football Academy to uh, to Lapua for the last two years. We held it this year and also last year, um, and it, and it's been a great success for our, for our small, you know, we'll call it a city, but in English terms, it's a small village. Uh, and it's been a great success. You know, we've had uh, a lot of children come from all over all over Finland. Um, it's been really exciting for the children, of course. And professional coaching and it's been a you know a great great way to put you know Lapua on the, on the map so to speak. How, how did that connection how was that connection made in the first place? I think what happened is, is last uh, the sorry that the not last year but the year before it was held in vasta and uh, I was speaking to the organiser in Vasa and they were they were saying they're not going to hold it hold it on the following year so obviously uh, you know I, I, I sort of asked for the details. I presented it to our football club. Uh, we got in contact with, with the Liverpool Academy and, uh, lo and behold, we were we were offered the chance to uh, hold the Liverpool Academy at Lapua. And that's how it came Fantastic.
0: out. Fantastic. And about, got to, you got to hang out with some of the, the Liverpool Academy coaches as well.
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah, And, and we also, uh, last year, at the end of the uh, the coaching uh, sessions, we, we got to play against the Liverpool Academy as well, which we beat, actually, 8-6. Six, <laughs> And I was playing in that
2: one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's not all Damon Gleam. And And these guys were good.
2: (laughs) We've noticed that Liverpool have quite good connections to Finland anyway. They're one of the historically most popular clubs. Um, Mm. Do Liverpool enjoy having these academies as much to extend their fan base, do you think, as much as experience for the kids?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a two-way uh, situation for Liverpool. Obviously, they get to increase their fan base. Uh, it doesn't seem like too many of the other Premier League teams are are sort of uh, exploiting the marketplace in in Scandinavia. So uh, Liverpool sort of you know creating a niche for themselves. Yeah. Um, so it's very very good for their fan base, and also obviously they get to uh, you know probably explore um, new talent as well. You know, if the possibility of finding new talent is is in Scandinavia. They've probably got their foot in the door, so to speak, so and got first choice. So I think it's a two-way situation for them.
3: Yeah, sorry. I think I think I froze out froze out there a bit, but I was just going yeah, to ask. Did anybody, did anybody catch the eye? What's the general impression of the Liverpool guys who, when they when they come over?
1: Yeah, I think they're they're fairly impressed. Yeah, I, I, especially from what the Finns do have uh, going for them is their temperament when they play football. They've got a fantastic, you know, temperament. They seem to be very good, at, you know, in decision-making processes. Uh, they're not affected by, you know, Russia blood or, or hot-headedness. And I think that's a that's a real advantage that the Finns have, have over, you know, um, you know, players from other countries.
3: I'd imagine, particularly when Liverpool rock up, because you know how kids mm. are. You know, I mean, mm. when they find out a big Premier League club or somebody with the like the uh, Liver Bird on the chest comes over mm. and. They want, to, they want to give their best and give their all. It's quite easy for tempers to flare and things to get a bit out of hand. So. Yeah,
1: it didn't happen at all over here. In actual fact, the kids were excellent. They were very controlled, very calm. But again, you can expect that from Finnish children, I think. You know, they're very composed and take things in their stride. Are you hoping this is going to happen again, Mark? Uh, uh, Mark? so I'm
0: mean in the future.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit open at the moment. We haven't quite you know, discussed, you know, what's going to happen for next year. But if we don't bring Liverpool in, we're going to bring someone else in. That's certain. OK. So, yeah. It's kind of open an open situation at the moment. Good stuff. Keep up the good work. Yeah,
0: I, 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 can't, I can't let you finish yep. talking about Birkia mm. without you telling us about your meeting with a, with a Finnish football legend a couple of weeks ago. What was what was that all about and how did that come
1: about? Well, to be honest, because I'm, I, I coach an under-12s team uh, we had an invite from the, uh, the uh, Finnish uh, Football Association, if you like, Palolito, uh, for the coaches in the Piris uh, area, which I'm a coach of, to attend uh, training sessions for the uh, Finnish um, national football team under 17 level. Nice. So, obviously, I gladly took that, that, that invite up and, and went to uh, watch and make as many notes and try and learn some new stuff as I can. And, and who did, did you meet? Tell everybody. Uh, well, I was fortunate enough to meet one of my heroes at uh, Yari Lipmanen.
0: And did he recognise you as the 50-year-old that just made his debut? For uh, the uh,
1: no, he didn't, <laughs> but some of the Core guys were, were mentioning about it. <laughs> okay. They <laughs> mentioned it would heard that I played. Right,
0: Simon, Julian Julian just made the comment that yeah. apparently Liverpool have just announced the signing of a 50-year-old hard-tackling <laughs> defender.
1: Any truth to that? <laughs> I just hope the price is right, Mark.
0: Yeah. <laughs> how much How much is your, your wife, Yenny, prepared to let you go for?
1: I don't know. She's my agent, so I was gonna have to, but, you know. Okay, that's just, gonna go just, we can come up with, me, you know, come up with an agreement. <laughs> <That's good. Yeah. laughs> Simon, I hope
0: you, I hope that was uh, not too much of an ordeal for you. Thank you so much for for joining us and and sort of sharing a few a few of those stories. for us. No,
1: not at all. It was fun, Mark. Thank you. And, and if
0: people want to hear a little bit more about your your club, where, what's the website for for your team? Uh,
1: it's uh, obviously if you just uh, go to Google and put in the. Uh, in the window there Virke Football Club or Virgir Jalga Palwa and Virke is spelled V-I-R-K-I-A ah, yeah <laughs> with dots over the top but well you can put it in English A as well and it come up with it I guess good stuff yeah um,
0: feel free Simon to, to hang around and listen I'm going to I'm going to silence you but I'm okay. not going to cut you off so if you want to hang around and listen you're welcome to Bye. and um, we're going to crack on with the next part of the show okay thanks Mark
1: Thanks. All, All right. Cheers.
0: Right. Bye. Bye-bye. <sighs> okay. So let's move on to the next section, which is the news. And I've done enough talking. So Mark, why don't you start us off? Now, this is, as everybody that listens to this knows, Mark's told me what his news story is going to be. But I'm quite prepared that he's found something else in the last five minutes that he wants to talk about. But
3: I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going stick to stick to the script this time. I, I can
0: hardly believe it. <laughs>
3: You know, I can. I can, I am, I am. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so Hans backen is his watershed moment. So I think it was about, it was about two weeks ago, Bakker was, he gave an interview in Swedish at a training day uh, to the Borja Linen, uh newspaper. And in that one, you know, I think they talked for about 15 minutes and they went through different styles of coaching and different, um, you know, the level of players and the differences and cultures between Swedish football and Finnish football. And then right at the end, they asked him about, about being Finland manager. And uh, his comments were, I don't know, I would say quite sensible. Which was that he said he said basically that you know no manager can survive you know for a year without winning a football game, you know no manager can 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 go on for an extended period of time without winning. Um, and so Paul Hillen and they took the interview and then they put it up online and they, they took his took his quotes and basically said that you know essentially backer had about two games to go, which is you know in the transcript of what was said pretty much exactly what he had said, which is that if he lost against Iceland and if he lost against Croatia, that'd be it. He'd be out. But then after the after the article was published, it was quite strange in the in that sort of backer himself reacted to his own statements and said, well, you know, um, two games or three games is, is not enough for a is not enough for any manager in terms of competitive football to to think about ending his career. And it was a bit of a strange turnaround because in general, you know, I didn't think when I'd read the first interview in the transcript uh, that there was anything really that massive or major in the headline. Of course, the headline was a bit sensational, which is that Baker has a watershed moment coming up against Iceland, which is that if he doesn't win or if he loses in particular, the qualification campaign is pretty much over, which is true, and he'll probably have to move on, which, again, I think is fairly reasonable for any manager to assume. But what, what struck me was, first of all, back kick sort of retracted it and backtracked and then sort of said that 2 3 games isn't enough and he's here for the long haul and then Lucas Fradecki sorry who who'd previously criticized the kind of preparation ahead of the Kosovo game also came out and said that you know the players needed to bear the brunt of the blame for uh, for the for the failings of the team on the pitch and you just sort of had to think that it was a really strange and quick and well-coordinated response to what was something that I think should be really inherently okay. And the bit that worries me the most is 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 that you know, like we mentioned last time, we all saw that Mixu was not the right guy for a very long time, and, uh, and nothing really happened in the Ballolita level. They didn't. They decided to not take any action and not take any uh, not take any responsibility in terms of letting them go. And I think it seems to be the sort of same driving motivation behind the, behind, the, behind the communication strategy again, which is that they're not going to take any quick or hasty decisions, even though we've been essentially a year already without a win for Finland.
0: Okay, that was, that was on, on message and as planned. And of course, we'll find out whether those watershed moments come in the next few days, because there's a game, the game <laughs> against Iceland is tomorrow, and I think that friend of, the show, friend of the show, Keke, is probably on his way out there yeah. already. Uh, to drink through the show and uh, through the game and remember nothing. But he'll come back <laughs> and tell us everything that he, um, he can't remember, which is, uh, which is always, always worth listening to.
3: I don't know. The is pretty pricey over there in Iceland. So you never know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> true, true, that. true that. Keke, if you're listening, we are looking forward to hearing this. So, um, you know, do, do, do a good job for us. Um, Rich, you want going to talk about the Finnish second division. Or, as it's known, over here, Oekkonen?
2: Yeah, basically, it's, um, some of it will lead on to the Vekas Liga stuff later on. But um, there's two games left of that season, and there are still four teams which can go up, um, all of whom have been in Vekas Liga in the last six years. Um, and it's actually very close, because Keke's team, JJK, forgive my pronunciation, um, basically bottled their game on Sunday. They could have virtually sealed automatic promotion, uh, but they lost. Um, and coming up, we've got, so we've got JJK, we've got 46 points from 22 games, sorry, 25 games. TPS, who only went down a couple of years ago, they've got 45 points, and they play AC Olu, who are third in their next game. AC Olu then play in their final game, JJK. Um, and below that are Yarrow, who seem to have just about eked enough points together to still get an outside chance of it. But um, the thing that I think a lot of people are looking forward to more than anything is the fact that TPS, if they finish second, will be in the playoff for next season's of Liga. And at the moment, the team that they would play is their city rivals, Turku, which would be... Hil- Spicy to say the least. Derby
0: yeah, um, for promotion.
2: Yeah, the uh, the last couple of times they've played have been in the uh, Swollen Cup, and they were pretty uh, pretty tasty in the end. Um, red cards and and all sorts. Um, and you know TPS. I won't say they went out, you know, but they were in a lot of financial trouble at the start of the year and had to do one of those online Kickstarter share issues and raise three hundred thousand euros. And um, they've got Miku Hiranen, who scored 14 goals this season. He turns 39 next month and he's just signed up for another year. So um, he's doing well for himself. Um, you know, they'd they need to spend a bit of money. They've got obviously a good youth system, but whenever they bring kids through, they seem to get poached pretty quickly. But um, yeah, with two games left and uh, JJK playing Ulu on the final day. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be good, and it'll be nice to see a couple of the bigger clubs representing the bigger cities back in the back in the Vegas League. Olas where? On... Sorry,
3: Mark, it, is, Yeah, I was going to say Olas where is it? Mar- Marco Haken? and is that way, is that where he ended up?
2: Yes, yeah, he he's been playing there this season. Um, he's done all right.
3: 37? 38?
2: something like that. Something like that. Yeah, he's um. <laughs> The twilight of his career, but he's uh, and we dress this up. He's using his experience.
0: <laughs> but I mean, he, I, he, I, I think, he, think we've, I think we've established that that age thirty seven is nothing if so you can be making your stuff at <laughs> fifty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's like even if even if it's not TPS, it's then uh, it'll be it'll be Olu that, that take that sort of third uh, or one of the playoff spots. Um yeah. And I think even I mean even that the, the AC Olu Inter Turku derby is. is it's usually also a pretty feisty affair, so that'd be pretty cool.
0: My um my news story. Rick, looking at the picture, it looks like it looks like Rich is in a disco. He's, he, I don't know. Uh, I'd like white. to know what he's watching. Oh,
2: it's uh, it's an advert on telly. Hang on, turn off. Yeah,
0: it looks <laughs> he looks great. Yeah. Parties at parties at your place. Um, really my, my,
2: news,
0: my news story as as ever um, <laughs> centres around happenings going on at, at Sainiaki and. Um I, I was gonna I am going to talk about the Suomen Cup final, um because that leads on nicely to the next section of the of the show. But I just thought something that, that came up yesterday was the fact that the uh, Ashikor's uh player Yossi Basara, uh who in his second season now with Ashikor has been really, really important um in scoring goals. Um, and, and just a general all-round, all-round play linking up midfield and attack and uh, has decided to retire at the age of 29 partly because of family, um, family considerations and partly because he wants to get into kids coaching and I think we were all a little bit surprised when we heard that the other day. Um, disappointing, but, you know, he's, his life moves on. Asikor... We'll move on. I was, I was looking forward to trying to keep the, the squad together because it's finally started to play some quite good football, as we saw in the Swarman Cup final. I think that, that what's, what's happened recently is Asi have started to find a way to beat teams that are making, it, making life difficult for them. There was the, um, there was the uh, home game against Cubs last Wednesday. It was a 1-0 win. It was a deserved win but it wasn't easy. And I think that's probably a similar comment for the, for the Solomon cup final. It definitely wasn't easy. It went to extra time. It went to umpteen different penalties before being won. you know, by <laughs> a friend of the show, Mehmet Hettemai. Um So big up to Mehmet. And, um, and they're finding ways to, to where they would have, would have let things slide previously and and sort of got a draw or even even a, a late defeat and turning those into victories. And I think that's really important, especially now with with just a few games to go. Um, we'll we'll come into kind of what we're what we're expecting and hoping from Bakehouse Liga soon. But I think that the, the Swarman Cup final gives us a, an opportunity to talk a little bit about what's going on at, at Hoiykor. Mark, what what are you what are you noticing going on down there this season?
3: Um, I mean, it's I mean. So the cup final was, was was it was a good game it was it was a really good game and it was um you mentioned Yusuf Asaran uh, and Mehmet Heytman they did amazingly well in the middle of the pitch um but I think it's it's a whole your seem a bit strange at the minute because I think in both the, the and cup final and and maybe we'll talk about it later but in the stunning derby they did enough they should they really sort of should have won both of those games they played well enough, uh, they moved the ball around quick enough, um, they got themselves into dangerous areas re- like a lot of times, but so, for some reason there's there's something missing about Hoyiko and I, I can't I can't, so much I can't quite put my finger on it because they, they see it, it looks from from the distance it looks like they're doing everything right, but when it really comes down to sort of the crunch time, uh they don't they don't they don't deliver. And I mean, you can't really blame for example, Vilay Alastor, who's been fantastic this season at centre-back for missing the penalty because he's a centre-back. But at the same time, it's, uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit mind-boggling that they get themselves into these situations and then really, when it comes down to the crunch, they uh, somehow find a way to, 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 to lose it.
2: What do,
0: and, and what did we make of the, of the whole Ferrari around the Stadden derby, the Helsinki derby, Huyiko versus Hifke?
3: Yes, I mean, well, I was there, and uh, hell of an atmosphere. It was a, it was a a good game. All you go had, you know, two thirds or more of the of the of the ball, um, and generally, generally they controlled the game. But it was a real, it was a real mooring and performance for Hiefke. And I think as well, it's sort of it's it was quite strange in that in that that's the way Hiefke should have been playing all season. They managed to get Juho Makila and Pekka to to work as a front two. Which was um which was the kind of the plan. And they were they were pretty deadly. I mean the finishing was really good from from, from Hifke. They had I think only maybe three shots, three or four shots and managed to score twice. But um but yeah, you they they like the ball, they like to calm it down, they like to knock it about, but they don't really have a cutting edge, at least from what I can see.
0: What a noise. Rich, I think you tweeted this, the noise when Hifke scored the winner.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's the first time that they've beaten Hoyko in a competitive game in forty years. Um and the first in this this is the sixth derby or league derby anyway since mm. they came back up. And um it's the first time they've won, um, and four draws and one for Hoiko Um I, I think it's sort of systematic really of Hifke making a pretty bold decision to to change manager. Honkovala was You know, he obviously did well to get him up and, you know, they'd only recently signed him on to a sort of full-time contract because he was was a PE teacher in his sort of day job. But, um, you know, bringing in Munnenen, who, you know, has done so much in Finland and with Hojiko in particular. um, And he's got a team of, you know, he's got some experience in there and they really earned that win. Um, And going with everything that happened off the pitch Um, which was almost as talked about, mostly by me. Um, You know, there's so many arrests. There was a chap who lost half a finger, Um, Mm. kids' welfare notices, and the police really not coping as per usual. Um, It's always a bit of an event, and it's certainly something that, if packaged correctly, could really sell finish football abroad but um I think they're still trying to find that balance between the spectacle and hosting a match safely um the Palolito yesterday or the day before said you know they didn't rule out playing a game behind closed doors they threatened that they threatened it a number of times pretty much after every game uh this time they said well we don't want to see it but um you know it's it's still on the cards they didn't rule it out it's uh it's certainly a, a worry. passionate
0: supporters. I've said it. I've said it before. There is no place for passion in Finnish football.
2: No, I mean, how dare they uh, make a noise? You know, it's uh, it should be treated like a night at the opera. But
0: um, I, I think we shouldn't. We shouldn't sort of um, just forget the fact that there were some injuries there, and, and obviously there were some arrests. And you know, we hmm. wish that speedy recovery to anyone that was hurt. Although potentially they were. I don't know but potentially hurt by by fireworks or flares in the ground that they may or may not have been holding themselves i don't i don't know but <laughs> yeah. that's um yeah, get get well soon anyway whoever whoever that was
3: um i, I just one thing to know about that i mean it, 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 i think the attendance was was plus it was ten thousand plus that was that was in the stadium and I, and that's on i mean it's a, for the vacos Liga. that's that's i don't think it, i don't think I think that'll be the highest, the highest attendance of the season I think by comparison the the Swoman Cup final had two and a half thousand people That's which was i mean well it was in it was in the ratina so and they didn't really it's in a neutral stadium which is far up, far up north, so you can sort of understand it and it doesn't have maybe the prestige that it should have but but uh, there was not the 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 match day experience and the match day preparation was pretty similar to what it usually is in the Sonora stadium. So there wasn't any like additional personnel or additional security checks or anything else. And the, and the crowd was at least and more than double what it usually is. So I think the whole sort of preparation is a bit strange. And I think it's, I mean, I sort of you you get a bit disheartened because of course it's, it's not on sort of the flares and the, and the fights and the lariness, but by the same token, to say, okay, we're going to police it this way, and then the other option is that we'll have it behind closed doors, is a re- is a bit sort of, you know, heavy-handed. There's not really sort of there's not real game management, that's that's involved. I mean, it's just my, I mean, Rich probably, <laughs> Rich could probably go go on and uh, and have and have his have his say about it. But for me, it was a bit, I don't know, I, I did I didn't like that statement because it's it's a sort of traditional Finnish approach.
2: I think we could dedicate a whole podcast to my stuff, so uh, we might have to save that
0: <laughs> for another time. <laughs> okay, so Julian's just made the, a comment that, that Hoye was a bit similar to last year. They kind of started stronger but, but faded away after after August. Is, is it to do with players concentrating on European football?
3: Did they
2: start it yeah. Well, so, they
0: started better than they finished anyway, maybe. Yeah, well,
2: um, Oscar did I tweet recently where he was talking about how um, Lekosuo's teams tend to start well and fade out and it's been something that's happened certainly since his time at Honka as well, it's not just a Huiko thing um, I mean this season they you know, they're two best or certainly most influential players at the start of the season, uh, Taiwan Atom were both injured and I know is back now but you know, he was their top scorer and he's a left back um, yeah. You know, and Tanaka's come back and oh well, so he's he's not gonna come back. I don't think he'll play again for the season. Um, you know, and yes, they've missed him and again, I know we said this about this time last year, they've had massive injuries, but it's just strange how, you know, the best run, the most powerful, well funded, well run club in the country seems to struggle to get a team together, you know, when they're missing two big players. But they've got the resources to cope and at least, you know, be consistent.
3: And they did bring in, I mean, they did bring in Pelvas uh, a month ago. And, 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 and he did, he, he looked really good for, you know, he's, I think he's only played four or five games, but he's looked good since coming in. He just sort of didn't really get the sort of service. It was, I mean, it, he set up in a classical sort of mooding way. It was, you know, it was two banks of four and they, were, they, they sort of barricaded the middle. And so there wasn't a lot of service and Huyukov kept the ball around the edges of the, of the box and in, in areas that weren't particularly dangerous. So, you know, it's, it was pretty predictable, but it was really effective football.
0: Maybe this is a good time to then move on to the rest of the Vekhals Liga and what we're expecting for the end. Do you have something to say, Mark?
3: Yeah, I mean the only one small point that I would I would mention is if you remember last season, Freddie Lasas, for uh, he was he's on the bench, been on the bench um, quite a lot. It doesn't sort of fit into the mooring and mould of of disciplined and drilled banks of four. And I just wanted to make the point that that it was effective football, and it was really good to see Makela and Seifullah work as a as a front two, but. The kind of casualty is, is Freddie in the middle of the pitch and his creativity. So, because, I mean, I think about a year, a year he had to, he had to move abroad that didn't work and he came back. Um, but about a year ago, he was he was pretty hot stuff. And now he's a little bit on the fade, which is a bit of a shame to see.
0: Okay. The question we posed by somebody in the previous episode, FFS 8, was, does anyone want to win this league? Well, I think it's now, now time for us to, to see... If anyone does, and for a second episode running, I've done a little bit of research. So let me let me hit you with this, and then I'll I'll throw it over to you guys. So let's let's start with the top top of the table. So we've got three rounds of games remaining. So after this weekend sort of international break, there's three three more games we played, and they're, they're kind of full fixture lists so on Friday the 14th, Monday the 17th, and then the final final games on Sunday the 23rd of October and it's it's all getting really tight now you've got four teams the top four teams all separated by three points and the season finale that last game of the season sees those top top four sides all playing each other similar to upppen rich um, and the, the thing that I, really struck me was that Hoiko play three games against the other three teams in the top top four so just just in order of their current league league position, uh, at the moment, in, in first place is Mariaham. They got 54 points and they play in this order Hoyiko, Lati, and then Ilves. Then on 53 points is Hojiko and they play Mariaham, then Ilves, and then Asiko. Uh, third is Asiko with 52 points and they play Lati, Vanta, um, and then Hojiko. And then finally in fourth is Ilves on 51 points and they play. Hifki, then Hoyikor, then Mariam. I tell you what, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet any of my money on that. Uh, the only, the only comment I would make is that Asikor have a slightly gentler run in to the end of the season, and if they can keep just churning through those those results, they they setting themselves up for a, a really nice, a nice opportunity on the last game of the season. Whereas of course the other the other three teams are probably going to be nicking points off of each other one way or the other.
3: This isn't 100% research-based, but let me think. The last time Asco lost would be August?
0: Probably right now, yeah. Probably right.
3: At least who beat them? Probably Hefke, Hefke beat them. Hefke beat them late August. that would be the last time. So that'll be about 10 games-ish, roughly there and thereabouts, that Asco have gone without getting beat. Because, I mean, the run they've been on is, is first of all, phenomenal. And coincides quite well with with Oyola's arrival. Um,
0: yeah, definitely. Well, actually, Oyola, uh, Valles, and Ima, all three of them. We I celebrated this in the last game. I think that 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 was that was probably the turning point.
3: Yeah, brought in <laughs> brought in a whole new defence. Yeah, so I get. I mean, I can see I can see uh, doing it. I I, I can't see Ilver's making it because uh, because I. I I, 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 every now and again, I, when I watch them, I just sort of, I can't sort of shake the feeling that they're a lucky team. I mean, I suppose being a lucky team is probably better than <laughs> better than anything else. But but I don't I don't fancy others and and Eco for some for some reason they just seem like maybe it is a banner curse that that, that they can't buy a win at the minute. So for me, it's, so for me, it's going to be Seiko.
0: Yeah, I'm keeping I'm keeping my I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> Any, any, obviously. Anything from you, Rich? Or should we, should we move a little um, bit further down the table?
2: Well, no, I was, I was just going to say that um, up until last Sunday, um, Ilves had it all in their hands to win, but they, uh, you know, they dropped points. It's just a bit of a shame, really, because, you know, after last year, and, you know, it's almost a year to the day since the uh, the Keke gate, as it were. Um, you know, yeah. uh, they... And they managed, you know, they only drew nil-nil at latte, which, you know, pretty much scuppered their whatever hopes they had. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I was tipping them to struggle at the start of the season, and um, you know, pleased to be proved wrong. But uh, I think Mallyham are at Hoiko next Friday. Um, that's going to be fantastic. And uh, but like you say, Asikor, they are playing Lati, who, as we'll point out shortly, you know, they're about the only team who pretty much haven't got anything left and uh, Vanta who are it's about as much of a guinea as you can get there uh, and you know then who knows we'll come to the final day and maybe like last year we might have you know more than one game to keep an eye on on the last day.
0: Hmm. Seems, seems that way doesn't it yeah um, I asked the question earlier before we started recording about the Europa League places so ASICOR get a, a place for winning the Suomen Cup, um, which means that there's a one Champions League spot and two other Europa League places up for grabs. So how are those allocated now? If ASICor finish first or second, how do those places get allocated?
2: Um, well, if ASICOR win the league, then they'll go into the Champions League, um, and then and then it'll be uh, the top, what, second, third, and fourth who go into the Europa League. Um, uh, at the moment, the way this coefficient works, uh, every finished team goes into the Europa League at the first qualifying round. Um, but um, yeah, so anyway, round it is. You'll have, uh, assuming that As You can finish in the top four, it'll be one of those teams will be in the Champions League and three uh, in the Europa League first round. There's no uh, okay, fair so play. So, pla- so, so, sorry, no sorry, fair play so- place anymore. Yeah.
0: Okay, well then, uh, looking looking further down the table, you've got um, Ilves on fifty one points in fourth place, and then below them are uh, Vebsu from Vasa uh, on forty seven points. Sixth is Robs from Rovaniemi on forty five points, and seventh is Kups from Guopio on forty three points. So I guess they've they've all got a fighting chance with with nine points up for grabs of uh, of pushing into into fourth place, which seems to be keeping them with all, all with something to uh, to keep fighting for.
2: Yeah, and also you've got the split in the table, which means that the, the way that it works with having an odd number of games is that if you finish in the top six this season, you get an extra home game next season. Whereas if you finish in the bottom six, you have to play the extra game away.
0: It's not quite the incentive of a place in the Europa League. Though.
2: No, but um, I remember a couple of years ago, some teams actually did look at it and think, right, we have to, you know, it costs the money to host games. And Mm. um, some of them did look at it as as almost a curse. But, um, you know, we're we're talking a few quid here and there, but, you know, that only in Finland.
0: The burden of having to actually bother hosting a home game (laughs) (laughs) when it's your job. It's the thing that you you live for, yeah. Uh, It kind of leaves Laftey in eighth place on 38 points with as being pretty much the only team with, with nothing much to play for. Uh, they're safe from both relegation and from any sniff of success, which, I don't know, that may mean they're relaxed and, and under no pressure and perform, you know, confidently against Asticor and the other teams. Or it might mean that they're kind of, they've already got their suitcases packed and they're just waiting for the season to end. We'll have to uh, wait and see.
3: Well, I, I wouldn't exactly. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't refer to it as maybe a new news story, but uh, Raphael... The Lati striker announced, I think, today that, that he's about to retire. So at least he'll have something to play for for the next it, three games.
2: And his club are trying to find him a job with one of their sponsors. So um, judging by the amount of sponsors on the shirt, that's a wide range to choose from.
3: He's got, yeah, that's a lot of options. He's got a lot of options. <laughs>
0: uh, we haven't actually asked you yet, Rich, with all the excitement before the show and with having Simon join us yeah. earlier, what shirt are you wearing today?
2: Um, tonight I'm wearing, Matthew, a 1992 Mupa uh, Cup Final shirt, which I somehow managed to find on eBay. It's uh, got number 14 on the back as well. You can't really see it. But it's pretty good. Um, you yeah, I, um, I was doing a bit of research on it, on um, in that run-up to, the, to this year's Cup Final. I did a bit of looking into old bits. And um, yeah, this was as worn, not in the final itself, but when the trophy was given. To Mupa in '92, and um, I guess at the moment we could probably say the artist formerly known as Mupa, but uh, mm. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a quite a rare one and uh, oversized sponsor at least as anyone.
0: Let's talk about who might be the artist formerly known as Vakehouse Liga teams uh, those, those <laughs> <racking out laughs> at the bottom of the table so um, we have said already that Vanta in 12th uh, uh, they've been doomed for weeks um, the Bakehouse Liga website says they've got 16 points rich is saying that they they've actually only got that, 10 points because 10. They, that
2: has I, been that has uh, been updated I spoke to oh,
0: has it okay well done yeah that doesn't doesn't help me I'm quite hopeful of making myself look <laughs> incompetent. I don't need the Baker League website helping me. Um, I, while we're talking about Vanta, let's just give a shout-out to, to Henry Hakamaki. Huck, as we call him, of this parish, who just wanted us to mention the uh, PK35 Vanta ladies team that has just won the, the, the Finnish ladies' championship. We've all gone silent. That, OK, let's do a round of applause. Ooh. I did suggest online earlier this week that maybe they should have put the put the ladies team into the uh, into, into the men's, but uh,
3: I think I, I think they'd fare better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, be less fighting. Uh,
0: that, just just above them, there's a kind of a three-way battle to avoid the and uh, relegation playoff. So below Lati, who had 38 points in eighth, we've got Kemi in ninth with 34 points, Hifki in tenth with 32 points. And Inter-Torcu on 30 points in 11th. So, it's kind of three games for those three to uh, to get themselves out of trouble. And it's Torcu in the hot seat at the moment, which is getting Richard excited, um,
1: obviously.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got Inter looking, you know, they've got two home games coming up next. And the first one is against Kemi uh, next week, uh, followed by Rops. And then away to Vanta. So, you know, that's not the worst run of the three. Um, Obviously, they've left themselves a lot to do, but they've got a goal scorer who is scoring goals. Um, Nati Kuci has continued where he left off at Vanta, and um, you know while well, Shevki's come in and done his thing of tapping players up and all what sorts of shenanigans, his brothers allegedly. Uh, no, no, he got um, the club got fined for trying to tap up Manet, <laughs> friend of the show, Manet. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, his brother's coming, and, and and he's doing the business. Um, and if you look at Kemi, you know they've they've done quite well throughout the season, um, obviously benefiting from some lax paperwork on Ashikos part at the start of the season. But um, mm. you know Hifki, you know that win over Hoiko last week it suddenly proved to be vital because they were looking quite safe, and then Inter rocked up and beat Cups last week. Um, and you know they're on they're on a decent run, and you know at this stage of the season, three games left. Momentum is everything.
0: Yeah, Jules has made the comment there that Kemi are dropping like a stone. I mean, I there was a there was a nice nice crowd of people, Asticor fans went to the went to the ground to, to the St. New home ground, into the Carlsberg World Bar, this big bright green bar that we've got there at the ground, and watched the game on TV. I know that that Jules and about fourteen other Hardy souls made their way up to Kemi. Um, I thought Kemi played okay. There was another game where they weren't easy to, to win. Uh, Athicor deserved it, but Kemi weren't, weren't bad. Um, and then a couple of quick goals for Semi-Oki made, made it look quite convincing. It was, um, they, but yeah, you're right, Jules, They're dropping down quite quickly. Whether they drop all the way down would be, uh, would be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kemi, go-
2: Kemi go on these runs, though. They've lost six in a row, and that's the second time that's happened this season. You know, it's, um, you know, they have picked up points and, and to get 34 isn't bad for a team that came up with a minuscule budget. But, um, you know, you just can't, even in this division with, you know, you go down with Van it's that's no, sh- there is shame in that. Um, and losing six on the spin twice, there's an issue.
3: For, for me, it's time, it's time to get your checkbook out because Camille, you're going down. Like I, I I just the thing about like you can say what you want about Shevki and the way he works, but this is this is basically what he does. Turns up and, and turns kind of ugly teams into ugly fighting teams that uh that survive somehow, by hook or by crook. And uh, Kemi like like you said, six straight defeats, can't seem to buy a win at the minute. They play Turku in Turku uh in in the Friday after the the internationals. And I fully expect Najikuchi to arse it over the line in a in a dirty one 0 win. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> to put Kemi in the drop zone. And...
0: That, that yeah. they've, they've lost Billy Irans Sainioki signed Billy Irons in the, in the uh, transfer window, and he's banged in. I don't know if it's three or four goals, but they've been some some significant goals for Sainioki. And I guess that's something that's been uh, been lost from from Kemi.
3: Yeah, they, I mean they they are they are suffering big time.
0: Okay, well, what's what's this space? I think we we decided we're not going to talk about the the internationals this week because they're they're just about to happen, and maybe we'll get together after the internationals and just do a review of those, and then get together once more at the end of the Bakehouse Liga season just to uh, just to see how things lie when the when the dust has settled. Um, I'm not likely to get this not likely to get this out in time for people to be reminded of this, but tomorrow uh, the sixth of October is Iceland versus Finland, 21:45 uh, finish time, and then Sunday the 8th of October is Finland v Croatia at the much more sociable time of 7 p.m. finish time, uh, which is which is lovely watching football that kicks off around 7 o'clock when most games of any outside of the Veikkausliiga kick off at, at 10 o'clock at night is uh, is hard work. <laughs> uh, so uh, thanks to everyone that's joined us. Thanks to Mark from. FC Suomi. Uh, Mark just just let everyone know what what's the most recent article on your site?
3: The last one is about last weekend in the form of of Hulkaya going into going into the international break, but today or later on tonight podcast listeners uh, will be the preview for the Iceland game.
0: Okay, and that's at fcsuomi.com. That's right. And am Rich. Uh, Escape to suomi.com. What what's the most recent thing you put up there?
2: Um, well, the most recent thing I did was um, a bit of a look at that Kakanon weekend that we had a good chuckle about earlier and also linked to um, Nick Ames from The Guardian did uh, an interview with Hercules coach Daniel Amakachi, which I helped out with. Um, I've linked to that and that's all over The Guardian as well. So, um, And uh, Daniel said he might stay for another year, so we shall see.
0: Okay. And Explore Finland is still on a bit of a hiatus. I'm actually working... In the background to try and find a way to make it something that's a bit more regular, a bit more professional and maybe gets a bit of funding behind it, which hopefully will also mean I'm more capable of making this uh, finished football show a little bit more professional. It certainly can't be less professional than it was today for the first <laughs> half an hour. That, that it's consigned to history. No one's ever going to see it again. Um, but we're here now. Got hey, it don't, in-
3: li- don't limit that to the first half hour. I mean, we've been thoroughly unprofessional all the way through.
0: For <laughs> the previous nine episodes as well. Yeah, that's quite, that's quite true. <laughs> those of you that have stuck with us all the way through there, thank you, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us for this. The podcast will be coming out in a couple of days. Uh, Jules is saying, I think Jules is saying that we've been consistently unprofessional. I hope that's what he means. I oh, appreciate the, uh, the sentiments. Um, to those that have uh, listened to the podcast, hope you enjoyed it. And until the next episode of Finnish Football Show, goodbye.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs>